Today's interesting podcast covers the topic of consultants who mislead candidates during the application process. It's an interesting podcast, and I think it's a topic that's really not covered sufficiently in blogs and so on. So we decided to cover it based on the feedback or the experiences of our own candidates. And let me explain to you what we mean when we say consultants who mislead. An example of this would be you, a candidate, aspiring consultant, contacts a Bain or BCG consultant for guidance. And rather than telling you the truth, no matter how harsh that may be, some consultants are unwilling to do that and provide you misleading information which puts you on a path that costs time and money rather than telling you the truth, which may be harsh but actually saves you time and money. Now, there are many reasons why consultants mislead. I'll give you some examples of how they mislead and how to handle it, right? I think that the main reasons consultants mislead is the fact that they are they don't want to give you too harsh information. So a lot of candidates may write to you, uh, may write to a consultant. The consultant is unwilling to say, hey, you know what? Your profile has like a 5% chance of getting an interview, let alone an offer. So I think you should, you know, cut your losses now and quit. The consultant will end up saying, you know what? I think with, with some work, you could make it in here. And the person listening to the feedback, the aspiring consultant, takes that to mean they have a shot. And it's human nature, right? And if we think we have a one in a million chance of doing something, we'll do it. Even if it costs us money. I mean, that's why the lottery exists, right? So that's one reason why consultants miss it. I don't think they do it maliciously, but it's difficult to give harsh feedback. I think the other reason, a very common reason, I would say it's probably... Some would argue that it's you know equal. It's an equal reason why consultants mislead. Some consultants just don't know whether you have a sufficiently uh, attractive profile to be a good fit for the office. So rather than telling you no or yes, they don't know. So they'll tell you to keep on trying. So when you get feedback from a consultant, you have to, I think, be very very skeptical of the feedback you get and think very carefully. You know, does this make sense? Is it what I am hearing and so on? Does this gel with my own profile, with what I know is happening to other people and so on? You know, am I willing to listen to the exception? You know, everyone's heard of the story of the guy, of the person with 610 GMAT who got into McKinsey. You know, it was one of the people we placed. But that is purely an exception. I always tell people that is the exception. It's, it's not even close to being the rule. You know, you have a 610 with your GMAT. Don't just think now that person got in, you're going to get in. That person worked really hard to get in, right? Um, they're an exception. Uh, I don't think it'll take. I don't think many people could replicate that. I'm sure some could, but we would not find find it easily. We would not find such a person easily. And the reason I'm posting this is because of I see happening something with one of our own candidates in particular, um, a candidate in India. He's a great guy, you know, really determined, works really hard, and so on. But he's been reaching out to a lot of people, and uh, I actually told him that you know you got to stick to one or two regions for a whole number of reasons. And if you if you go if you just go broadly across regions, people are going to know you're doing it, and they're going to one day you know how committed are you to a region? That's the first reason. The second one, the effort to build relationships in just one office is takes up so much time and effort. Do you know how much time, effort, and money for calls? Um, is taken up to build relationships in five different offices in different countries. It's almost too much for one person. So from a, from managing your image perspective, it makes no sense to go broad. And from purely, um, you know, in terms of being productive with your time, it makes no effort to go um, abroad. But what I find is happening with this candidate is that, for example, we, we know he's not a fit for Indonesia. I mean, there's no way he would get into Indonesia. It's just not going to happen. 
But I do find consultants are speaking to him. They see his profile. They know he's not a fit, but they'll say something like, you know what, um, I think you should try speaking to the Indonesian office. Maybe they are looking now. I think that is a very bad way to give. I, I, it's it's unethical. You should not give feedback in that way. You, if you know the person's not a good fit, you should be honest to them and tell them, look, you're not a good fit for Indonesia. Maybe try this office. But do not mislead someone because for whatever reason, people put consultants on a pedestal and if they get feedback or they get a piece of advice from a consultant, they believe it is true. So don't make that mistake of believing everything a consultant tells you. Many consultants either don't know or are unwilling to give you negative feedback. And ways consultants may mislead you. And I mean put and I put the word mislead in inverted commas. It's not done deliberately, but it is happening and it's costing you time and money. The most common one I find is with regards to offices, office strategy. Um, you know, you will maybe you're based in the US but you're of Chinese origin, right? And you want to join BCG in Shanghai. And you write to a BCG Shanghai person and they said, you know what, we're not hiring, why don't you try Hong Kong? But the BCG person knows that Hong Kong is one of the toughest offices in the world. It's small, for one thing, and it has a large expat community. So you, you're up against a very small pool that's very well educated. They would know that up front. If you're not eligible for BCG Shanghai, the odds are you're not going to be eligible for BCG Hong Kong. And I would think it would be wise to tell the candidate, look, I don't think you're a good fit for BCG Shanghai. I don't know what the criteria is for Hong Kong. So I don't know if you're eligible, so I suggest you contact them to find out for yourself. That's a nice way to say it. What I do find many candidates are hearing from consultants is, look, BCG Shanghai has met their quota, why don't you try Hong Kong? And you know, the can the, our candidates come back to us and say, you know what, the guy said I should try Hong Kong, I'd be a good fit. And I always point out to them, but you know, did they actually say that? Did they use those words? No. But the, can the consultant is giving feedback in such a way that anything can be interpreted into that. So be very careful when you are getting office feedback. The bottom line is that if you haven't worked in a country before, if you don't speak the language, you don't understand the culture, and if you're an older candidate particularly, the odds of you being placed in that office is next to nothing. I mean, I know I've heard from um, the Johannesburg office from McKinsey after we posted that podcast on English-speaking offices that they've received quite a lot of applications with people you know, mentioning us. But I think the point is that even in South Africa, uh, the McKinsey office for one is definitely trying to reduce the number of expats in that office, which is sitting at about 50% today. And they're looking for people that either were born in South Africa, are South Africans, or understand South Africa. It's the same if you go to Singapore, right? Singapore is another multi-ethnic society. One, well, not the most liberal society, but definitely one of the most advanced economies in the world. And the point is, it's a very competitive. It's, it's enormously competitive. You have to fit in. It'll be nice if you spoke the language. And I always find these candidates coming to me and say, you know, but I, I met this guy from BCG Germany who works in Singapore. He doesn't speak the language. He said it's not that important. Yes, not that important for his profile. You don't know what else lay in his profile. He could have went to Stanford and finished as, a, you know, what they call them, R.J. Miller scholars or something, top 10% of the class. You don't know his profile. For his profile, English, um, the local language is not important. For your profile, it may be important. So don't take exceptions and make them the rule. And I do find people waste a lot of time with office strategy. They will call up people get advice that I think is misleading and just spend a ton of money and ton of time networking with people that that will never hire them. I mean, I know someone who once flew from Dubai to Indonesia for a BCG interview, well, not really an interview, sort of a, a coffee discussion, basically. 
and it was a total waste of time because I could have told that person up front, you don't have a chance at BC Indonesia. Don't don't do it. You're just going to spend all your money. It's going to cost you over a thousand dollars to do this, or probably more actually. Um, and it's it's not worth it. But candidates want to hear what they want to hear when they want to hear it. Now just listen to that very carefully, right? A candidate will hear what they want to hear when they want to hear it. People. If you give them information, they will listen and they will take whatever information they want out of it to confirm their bias. You've got to be very tough on yourself. There's a lot of money at stake, your career is at stake, and basically your future is at stake. Do not pursue a wrong path. Think very critically of the feedback you are getting. The other really horrible feedback I see coming through is this point about networking. Now, we've made it very clear to candidates that networking is not a route to getting a job at a consulting firm. Right? I'm going to say this very clearly and I'll say it again. Networking is not a route to getting a job at a consulting firm, period. The only time networking helps, right? and we are very careful with our candidates to push them in this direction, the only time networking helps, firstly, if we think the candidates may have some self-esteem issues, we know that the sooner we get them in front of consultants, the sooner they see the flaws in consultants, the better it is for their self-esteem. So that's a really big reason for us getting our candidates in front of consultants to network, right? The other reason we get them to network is if we know someone has a good profile but is not getting an interview for whatever reason because maybe their profile on paper doesn't look good but when we spoke to them we can see they have a good way of carrying themselves then we would say you have to network because someone needs to see your profile beyond the paper version of it. But if you have a weak profile, you're not going to get an interview. Networking is not going to help you. If you have a weak profile and if by some miracle you do get an interview, you're not going to get the offer. So networking only helps if you've done all the heavy lifting earlier to get a good profile, get good grades. And for whatever reason, you just appear better in person. So we know that if you look good, in, if, you, if you meet the interviewer, you know what? it's going to work in your favor. And those are the only reasons we push our candidates in front to network, to build up their self-esteem and because we know they actually come across better in person than on paper. So be very careful about networking because I see a lot of candidates spending a ton of money and you know basically abusing LinkedIn to get invites. You've got to, you've got to understand the limits of networking, right? Go back and look at what networking is. Networking is about building a relationship with someone. And at the end of the day, you if you if you network with someone, you want them to refer you, right? And that's what it comes down to. Ask yourself this. Would you refer yourself? And be brutally honest with yourself. If you won't refer yourself, why would someone who's at McKinsey or BCG or Bain or even Roland Berger put their reputation on the line and their credibility in the line and refer you? So you've got to present a package that's worth referring at the end of the day. And I find a lot of people treat networking like speed dating. Oh, it didn't work with this person. I'll try the next person. Maybe it'll work. Well, if it didn't work, maybe it didn't work because there's a reason. And you'd, you'd, you'd be better off spending some time trying to understand what is wrong with your profile, maybe, or what is wrong with the way you network that isn't working. And I've had candidates, our own candidates, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say, a few of them, not a lot, I would say just one or two of them, whereby... We, we'll coach them in terms of how they need to send emails. We'll coach them in terms of what they need to say and why they need to say it. And you know, for the 10th networking session, they're making the same mistakes. And I'm, I've got to ask myself, and I do ask some of these candidates, you know, why are you not following the advice we gave you? What has changed in this networking session versus the one we did 10 times, um, you know, versus the first session we did, which was 10 sessions ago? Nothing. 
So if you're not learning this, I mean, uh, what are you doing in the interview? I mean, and Candace always tell me the networking session went fine, and so on. But the point is this: unless you've got the package, the networking session is going to amount to nothing, right? So don't think that a brilliant networking session is going to get you an interview. Yes, but you know what? You have to speak like James Bond in that session. You have to be smooth, you have to be sophisticated, and you have to be able to roll with the punches. And very few people can do that. I have yet to speak to someone on the phone, or even a consultant that I've hired in my time. Maybe I think there's one guy I hired who was really smooth, articulate, professional, and he could manage anyone. One person in my whole career. So it's not easy to do it. So the point is... Be careful of consultants who mislead you into thinking, you know, send my resume, I'll send it through, and so on. Now, this comes to my third way consultants mislead, and it's a, it's a common misconception. When a consultant says, you know what, send me your resume, I'll look at it, and I'll send it through. Or, you know, send me your resume, you can put my name on it, and you tell people, I, I know, you spoke to me. That is not referrals. The only way a referral works that grants you an interview, that guarantees an interview, is if someone takes your resume and cover letter, says, look, I will send a mail to HR saying that I believe that you have what it takes and I think you should come in for an interview. It's a personal stamp of it. It's a personal endorsement. If someone says, you know what, you can put my name in the cover letter, it's not a personal endorsement. It's going to go through the system, that creaky, you know, internet-based recruiting system that they all use. It's going to land up at say, some you know, recruiter's uh, desk, HR manager's desk. They're going to look through it. It's not a direct referral. So when someone says, look, put my name, that's not a direct referral. Don't get excited about that. The only time a referral counts is when someone takes your documents and submits it. And HR then contacts you to say, you know what, someone submitted your documents. We'd like to speak to you. Any other form of referral is not a direct referral and may or may not help you, right? Sometimes it may, sometimes it will not. The only thing that guarantees you a callback from HR is if someone takes your documents and submits it on your behalf. So understand that. Don't be misled by that. Another you know, really sad issue that I'm seeing at this point is we've got a candidate who I think is very capable, and I think he'd make a fantastic McKinsey consultant, but he's not McKinsey corporate finance you know, material. He's just not going to handle the interviews. I mean, I've done a few interviews with him, corporate finance interviews, and he doesn't understand corporate finance to the depth that you would need to to work in the New York corporate finance office. But for whatever reason, this is a Columbia MBA graduate, he has spoken to a few principals who he knows through, I think, family relationships and so on, and they've convinced him that, you know what, you you can make a go for it. And, I, and you know, the feedback he's given me is that, but principals have said I can make a go for it, but I've come back to him and said, but yes, but principals haven't interviewed you yet, I have. And what I find this candidate doing is that he has positioned himself so heavily for the corporate finance practice that I think he has alienated some of the people that recruit for general consulting. You know, he's he's built this image in his head that corporate finance is supremely elite and that is where he needs to go and all other kinds of consulting just doesn't cut it. And unfortunately, even though he may think that, He's conveyed that image to everyone else in the general recruiting team who thinks that that is what they, he thinks of the general consultants. Now, I'm pretty sure, in fact, I'll even take a bet with him if I could, that he's not going to get the interview. And no matter how many times I speak to him, time, look, you've got to spread your net wide, go for general recruitment. In two years, you can always move to corporate finance. Or even one year, you can move to corporate finance. I don't think he wants to make that transition. But he's been... 
is been sold on the fact that misled actually in my opinion that he'd be a good fit for corporate finance i don't think he's a good good fit for corporate finance and i see that for many candidates you know they, they decide they want to go into a certain sector and they go gung-ho for it now to be a sector specialist sorry a functional specialist sorry corporate finance is a function a sector would be something like you know utilities to be a, a functional specialist is impossible at the big three you have to be really good to be there you know most all, all the firms are going to make you a generalist when you begin so I think that it is it is just so vital that you that you think very carefully about whether you are not being misled about your capabilities. I mean, all of us like to think we have better capabilities than we really do, but you know, it doesn't hurt to step back and say, you know what, I have a lot to learn. I'm willing to learn it, and I'll take the time to learn it. So you know, those are some of the big ways consultants are misled. I'm uh, sorry, can candidates are misled and I think when you are speaking to people and when you um, you know many of you are going to be going into full-scale recruiting in September you know, you've got to you got to understand you got to basically put a mirror in front of yourself and and understand what your true strengths are what are your true weaknesses what is your true potential we all think we can be that outlier you know we've had a few candidates who are just they come from nowhere you know we, we, they have bad backgrounds but they have determination and the point is they have bad backgrounds because I think they're poorly advised and then with proper advice they just shoot the lights out in every possible way. But the mere fact but because the, the fact that I talk about them so much is because they are so unusual. You know, it's gonna be it's impossible to be one of those candidates. It takes a lot to be one of those candidates. So when you look at your profile and you're getting this advice from a consultant, you know, always ask yourself, is he misleading me intentionally or unintentionally? You know, is it the kind of person who is not used to giving negative feedback? Uh, the kind of person who just don't doesn't care to give me negative feedback? And you know what? Some people just don't care to give you negative feedback. They'll just say, you know what? This candidate is not going to influence my life. I'll just tell them whatever they want to make them happy. That's it. You've got to be critical. You want to be a consultant? Be critical in the thing that counts the most. Your career, your livelihood. I mean, most people we deal with are about 27, 28, about to get married or getting married. You know, the decisions you make now play a big role. In your future. So what I'm saying is that it's not, I'm not saying don't apply. What I'm saying is that when you do apply, be very wary of the feedback you are getting from consultants. Be skeptical about it. Be openly skeptical about it. You know, if someone tells you something, you double check it with someone else. I just see so many people making bad decisions because they're being misled by consultants who, you know, implicitly or explicitly are misleading them. And you have to be aware of that. I think it's it's a topic that no one talks about. You know, we just, everyone just assumes consultants know what they're talking about, but they don't. I know sometimes people ask me for feedback on certain things, and I always, I always qualify and say, look, I'm not an expert in this area. I can give you my thoughts, but I recommend you speak to someone else. Or, I'm not an expert, but I can find out for you. So, a consultant who is not, you know, a consultant is not going to know everything. I mean, just an associate or engagement manager is certainly not going to know close to everything. Even a partner is not going to know everything. A partner in one office is not going to know how another office operates. He's going to have a general idea, but he's certainly not going to know how the office operates. So you got to you got to be very careful with how you collect information. The questions just do not ask leading questions that gets the that gives you the inf the answers you want. And very important, do not look for the answers you want to see from the answers you receive when you want to see it. You got to be critical. As always, feel free to write, and I'll be able to respond to this podcast.